Welcome to the Property Magic Podcast. My name is Simon Zucci, and in this podcast, I'm going to deep dive into the property investing strategies and investor mindset for my book, Property Magic. I will also share real estate investing hints, tips, and tricks, which I normally only share on my Property Mastermind Mentorship. Hello and welcome to episode number 93 of the Property Magic Podcast. In this episode, I'm going to share with you the four-step process for stacking property deals. Now, this is one of the most important things you need to be able to do to be a successful investor. And yet, I know it's something that many people struggle with, which is why I want to help you on this particular episode of the Property Magic Podcast. Once you've listened to this episode, you will be able to quickly evaluate property deals to work out if they're a good investment for you or not and save yourself a huge amount of time and effort. So listen very carefully, take plenty of notes. I'm going to share some numbers with you so you might want to write them down and you might even want to listen to this again to make sure you really get this. Now all of this content comes from my book Property Magic but I wanted to share this with you on this audio to make it really easy to understand. So here's the first step of these four steps. So whenever we want to acquire a property, whether we're buying it or doing a rent to rent or purchase this option, we need to make sure that we can easily rent this property out and we need to understand what's the rental income we can achieve. If you remember my golden rules of property investing from Property Magic, number two is we only buy in an area with strong rental demand. So to work out how much we can rent this for, we can obviously go online and look for similar properties in the same area to see how much they're renting out for. We can speak to letting agents to understand the level of demand in the area. Now, a word of caution here, make sure when you're speaking to the letting agent, they specialize in the strategy that you have. So for example, if you're investing in HMOs, Recognize that most letting agents don't do HMOs. And if you ask them if there's a demand, they'll probably say, no, there isn't because they don't actually manage them. So speak to the right people to get the correct information and speak to a couple of different agents also to get a validation on the information they're sharing with you. Now, obviously, you can do your own research if you're doing HMOs, you can check on spareroom.co.uk, which is really the main website on which most landlords advertise their rooms. You can see what's available on the market, how much things are rented for. It's a brilliant site. If you're doing serviced accommodation, you can use AirDNA, which helps you look at the actual rates being achieved on some of the portals such as Airbnb. So first of all, work out, is there a good demand in this area? Look, if you're going to struggle to rent this property out because maybe there's an oversupply or there's just not a demand for what you want to do in this area, don't buy the property. And that's going to save you a huge amount of hassle. But let's assume there is a good demand in the area and you know what the rental income would be on this property. We can move to step number two. So step number two is to work out how much money do you actually need to acquire this property. Now, there are many investment strategies and tools you can use to acquire property using very little of your own money. One of my favorites is purchase lease options. You can also do rent to rent. um, And there are creative finance strategies such as vendor finance. You can use other people's money, etc. However, let's assume you're doing a straightforward transaction a 75% loan to value mortgage, which means you would put in a 25% deposit. So on a £200,000 purchase, you would be required to put in a 25% deposit, which would be £50,000, and you'd get a buy-to-let mortgage for £150,000. Now, obviously, the deposit 
is not the only cost. When you buy a property in the UK, you've got your legal costs, you've got stamp duty, and let's say it's about another 5%. So on a £200,000 purchase, it will be an extra £10,000. So a really good rule of thumb, I would say for every property you're buying in a traditional way, assume you're going to need about 30% of the purchase price. 25% of which is the deposit, 5% is the purchase costs. Now, there might also be some costs for furniture, a light refurb, etc. Um, and you've got to make sure that you understand exactly what's required to make sure you don't run out of money. Now, if you're using other people's money and you're going to raise money from them, again, you still need to know exactly how much you need because you don't want to run out and have to go back to people to ask for some more. So let's say in this example, we're going to have a £50,000 deposit, 10,000 of buying costs and maybe another 10,000 for furniture and maybe a lick of paint around the property to make it rentable. So that's step number two, how much money do you actually need? Step number three is, well, does the property make cash flow? And you will remember from my golden rules of property investing, golden rule number three is we only ever buy a property that makes cash flow. That means at the end of each month, once you've taken the rent in and paid the mortgage, the insurance, maintenance, any bills, there must be profit left over for you. If a property does not make you a monthly profit, in my opinion, that is not a good investment. You should not buy it. Now, sometimes people say, well, yes, it's going to have good capital growth. And yes, it might have capital growth, but there's no guarantee that's going to happen. We expect it will, but there's no guarantee. We're investors. We want to make sure we're getting a return on our investment. So everything you buy must make money straight away. So how do we work this out? Well, basically, the cash flow is the profit we make each month after any costs are incurred. Now, the biggest cost on most investment properties is going to be your mortgage. So let me run through how you can very quickly work out on the back of an envelope how much your mortgage will cost. This is at a very top level, but you could literally do this in your head. So assume we're buying a property again for £200,000. We'd get a 75% mortgage, which would be 150000 Now, the rule of thumb that I share with all my students is for every £20,000 of mortgage money you borrow, at an interest rate of 6%, it will cost you £100 per calendar month. So let me say that again, write it down. Every £20,000 you borrow at 6%, it will cost you £100 per month. Now, why do we use 6%? Surely we can get mortgages for a lot less than 6% at the moment. And yes, we can. However, there are a couple of reasons we use it. First of all, I think most people recognize that at some point in the future, interest rates are going to go up. We've had a lot of money being printed by the government. We are already seeing inflation. And at some point, I don't think it'll be very soon, but at some point, the Bank of England will probably use interest rates to control inflation. So rise interest rates, which will hopefully slow down the economy. Now, the economy needs to recover before that happens. So I think it's going to be a few years. But at some point in the future, interest rates are going to go up. I want to make sure that even if interest rates go up to 6%, I'm still making money on my property just to make sure I'm nice and safe. So that's one of the reasons you use 6%. And also it makes the maths very simple because every £20,000 at 6% is £100 per month in interest. So in other words, if you borrowed £150,000 in this example, 
Using my rule of thumb, the interest that you would pay would be £750 per month. In reality, right now, you're going to be paying less than that. So you're going to make more money than expected. But I'd rather be on the cautious side just to make sure you get things correct. Now, obviously, your mortgage is going to be the main cost, but it's not the only cost. A mistake that many people make, they look at the rental income, they take off the mortgage, and they think that's their profit each month. That's not the profit. You're going to have other expenses to pay as well. So if you are doing HMOs, houses of multiple occupation, where you're renting out the rooms on an individual room by room basis, you as the landlord are going to pay all of the bills. You're going to pay the gas, the electric, the broadband internet, the TV license, um, the council tax. And so the way we approximate that cost is we say that every room costs £100 per month in bills. And we add that to the mortgage to give us an estimate of what the costs are going to be each month. So a five bed HMO, the bills would be £500, i.e. 100 times five, plus the mortgage in this case of 750 Therefore, your monthly costs are going to be about 1250 Now, if we can rent this property out after allowing for void periods of maybe 10% and the rental income is 2300 pounds per month and the costs are 1250 that means this five bed HMO makes about 1050 pounds per month now I've not factored in management costs in there because most people like to manage these properties themselves at first and get a few of them and then once you've got enough to replace your income the next couple of properties you use to replace your uh, your time and get someone else to manage for you however if for any reason you want to factor in someone else managing straight away, you would obviously factor that cost in that's normally about 10% of the rental income. So that's for an HMO. Uh, if you have serviced accommodation, obviously you're paying for laundry, you're changing the sheets, the towels, you're paying for cleaning service, etc. And obviously that varies depending on how much you can negotiate that for. On a single let property, the tenants generally pay the bills. Now, there are still some costs for you. You're going to have insurance, maybe management, etc. So the way we work out what we think the cash flow is going to be on a single let property, which is, by the way, the type of property that most people have, we take the mortgage, whatever it is on a monthly basis. So in this case, 750. And then we multiply it by what we call a rent multiplier of 1.25. This 0.25 approximates the costs. So if we take 750, times 1.25, it gives us an answer of £937.50. Now, this is obviously an approximation, but it's pretty good. It kind of estimates the costs that are incurred on a single let property. Remember, the tenants will pay all of the other bills for you. So if this case, if the rental income on this single let property was £1,200, then the monthly profit would be £262.50 based on the uh, break-even costs of £937.50. So as we can see, single-let properties make a lot less cash flow than HMOs and service accommodation, uh, but that's why HMOs are so popular. Now, just a quick note here. Um, some mortgage lenders will use a, a sense check of 1.25, sorry, 1.24 instead of 1.25, uh, just to make sure you can afford the mortgage when rates go up. So we use 1.25 just for you to work out the actual cash flow. Remember, these are just very quick 
back of an envelope calculation or even something you could do in your head to save you time to not waste time on a property that just doesn't stack up. When you first look at a property, you can really work out very quickly, does this give me cash flow or not? If it looks like it does, obviously you can go into a lot more detail and use the actual figures. This is just a very quick top level analysis. And then step number four. So assuming that you have this property that you know is gonna rent out, step number one. Step number two, you know you've got the money to fund it or you can get the money from a private investor. Step number three, it makes positive cash flow. Step number four is we want to understand what is the return on investment. As an investor, we want to measure how hard is this money working for us. So the ROI that you want will depend very much on the cost of the money that you are using. If you've got money sitting in the bank to invest, that money's not cost you anything because you're not really earning anything on it. If you're releasing equity from your own home and it might be costing you two or 3%, that's the cost of you using that money. So you need to factor in that cost, then add on the kind of return that you want to make. Now, the way we calculate ROI is we take the annual profit. Now I said that again, annual profit. We're not talking about the rental income, it's the annual profit. So we take the figure we calculated in step three, which was the monthly cash flow. We multiply the monthly cash flow by 12 to give us the annual profit. We then take the annual profit and we divide it by the initial investment required to acquire that property. Now, that means it's your deposit. It's your stamp duty, your legal costs, your everything you've needed to put into that to start generating an income. Then we take whatever the answer of that is, the annual profit divided by the initial investment, and we multiply the answer by 100 to give you a percentage. Now, the higher the ROI percentage, the better. A typical single let in the UK might be about 5 to 7%. In the southeast of London, it might only be 2 or 3% ROI. Uh, it's possible to get over 10% ROI in some places in the north. Um, if you're doing HMOs, my personal recommendation is you only do an HMO that has at least a 15% ROI, ideally a 20% ROI. Now, if you're doing a big refurbishment to a property, that means you're putting a lot of money in initially, and it might come out as a very low ROI. However, if you're spending a lot of money on a property, you're theoretically adding value to that property. And so once you've added the value, you can refinance and remortgage to get 75% of the new value. This means you can pay off the original finance and take out a lot, if not all of your money. So if you're doing a big refurb job, it's important to work out the ROI once you've refinanced. Now, some people like to do deals where they get all of their money out, which means your ROI would actually be um, infinity because you've not got any money left in the deal. However, you can't always get all of your money out. You might need to leave 10, 20, 50,000 pound left in the deal. And that's okay as long as you're getting a very high ROI, which typically you would be. So these are the four steps you need to basically analyze a deal very quickly to work out, is this a deal I should spend more time on or do I need to move on to the next one? So to summarize the steps, first of all, how much can I rent this property out for? And is there a good demand in the area? Step number two, how much money do I actually need to acquire this property? That's assuming you're doing traditional investing and not using any of the creative finance strategies where you don't need to use much of your own cash. Number 
Three is how much cash flow will this generate? Remember, it must make positive cash flow every single month. Otherwise, it's not a good investment. And then number four, what's the ROI, the return on investment? How does this property acquisition compare to another property that I could put my money into? If you follow these four steps, you'll be able to very quickly work out if a property deal stacks up or not. I do hope you've gained lots of value from this episode as usual. Uh, if you have, I have a request and also a recommendation for you. The recommendation, first of all, is that why not subscribe to this podcast? It comes out every Tuesday morning with 10 to 15 minutes of high value content that will make you a more successful investor. Secondly, if you enjoyed the podcast, I would love it if you could leave me a five-star review and say why you enjoyed this so other people will find out about it and hopefully benefit as well. The way you can leave a review is if you scroll down to the very bottom of all the list of all the episodes, it often says write a review and then you click on that, uh, give me a five star review obviously and just put in a few comments about what you generally found about the podcast. I'd really appreciate that and I'm sure other people will appreciate you taking the time to do it because hopefully they'll discover this podcast and they too can become a more successful investor. So until next time, remember to always invest with knowledge, invest with skill. Thanks for listening to the Property Magic Podcast. To get this week's show notes, please visit www.propertymagicbook.co.uk forward slash podcast. You can contact me via LinkedIn. You can follow me on social media. And I highly recommend you subscribe to my YouTube channel to watch loads of valuable property trading for free. All of the details are available in the show notes. Until next time, invest with knowledge, invest with skill.